Hey, it's Brent Leary. It is Monday. It means it's another week, another week of programming for the BBC. Not those guys. I always have to tell you, it's not the guys over in the UK. It's the Brent Broadcasting Channel. You should know it by now. I'm glad to remind you every now and again. But uh, this is going to be a really cool conversation to kick off the week. I'm speaking with the CEO and founder of Nerd Wallet, Tim Chin. Uh, Tim, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brent. I wanted to have this conversation because of what you're doing to help try to get money into the right hands of people who could really use it and need it. Folks that usually kind of get left out uh, of certain things. Um, but I'm, you have this really great idea and you're putting your money where your mouth is. But before we get into that, I have to tell you, man, um, most of, mostly what I know NerdWallet for is the commercials. You make some really good commercials. <laughs> very, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah. Because I, I didn't really know. I just enjoy the commercial so much. So why don't you tell people exactly what NerdWallet does? Yeah, sure. Uh, with, you know, NerdWallet's trying to help people make smarter money decisions. So um, there's, there's kind of maybe two main things that keep you from being able to do all there sometimes. One is you just don't know what you don't know. Like... Some people might not realize when they should refinance or reshop their insurance or uh, avoid taxes somehow, right? Um, and so we, we, we can definitely help with that. The, the second big problem in our industry is just um, there's a lot of sales intermediaries that sit between you and getting the right products for you. So it could be agents, brokers, advisors. They're not bad people. They're just doing their job but they're also not trying to tell you if there's a better option out there. <laughs> or, um, and and that, can, that can feel a little bit uh, icky for people who are you know, stuck in that process. So we try to bring power to the people and just put all the, all the data, all the options out there in a really digestible way. Um, so we do that for consumers and now for small businesses as well. Um, you know, as of December, uh, we, we acquired a company that's super mission aligned called Fundera that, you know, focuses on small businesses. Yeah. Very cool. So let's talk about the, uh, I mean, there are people that were having a tough time you know, with their finances and getting money to kind of exist and, and survive well before the pandemic. But what has right. the pandemic done to the folks that you, you usually uh, try to help? Yeah, it's it's a tale of two halves. I mean, we you know we serve America pretty broadly, um, based on all the research we've done and all the living rooms I've sat in across the country. About half the country is paycheck to paycheck. The other half has a cushion, and they worry about other stuff, right? Um, and so, yeah, the pandemic certainly has um, had a big impact on both. Uh, we, you know, you've heard the term K-shaped recovery. Um, on, for half the population, there's been a lot of stimulus, um, a lot of attempt at federal aid, which was effective, at least in the short term financially, even if it didn't really help fix the long term issues that people face. And then for the other half, um, yeah, a lot of people have actually done quite well financially who are in the um, more fortunate half um, with interest rates going down. You know, you've got asset price inflation. People have made a ton of money in the stock market and all sorts of other avenues. Some businesses have really thrived. So it's just pretty mixed out there. So, uh, and right now there might be some people uh, getting 1400 bucks in their direct deposit or in their uh, mailbox. So hopefully right. that'll continue on. But there, there's always been a case of, of 
you know, folks who just didn't know uh, how they could get, you know, credit, available credit, the right kind of credit or or the best option, like you were just talking about. Sometimes it's a matter of just not knowing and just not being able to take advantage of those situations. Um, But you've you your company just announced last week this uh, kind of this thing that you're doing this this idea of, of putting your money where you're, well, it'll actually get to the folks who help. Uh, maybe you could talk about it. I know you're working with different, some different credit unions and, and this organization I had really never heard of before inclusive, but why don't right. you talk about, you know, why, first of all, why you wanted to do this program and, and really just kind of build out what the program is. Sure. Yeah. I'll, um, I, I, I guess I'll start with a quick primer on what the problem is that we see. I mean, I think, you know, the problem is that banks and credit unions, um, they make a lot more money in high income neighborhoods than low income neighborhoods. And this is because they take, they take your deposits from, you know, local people and they loan it back out to local businesses and individuals. It's like a business loan, a mortgage, a personal loan, that kind of thing. And in higher income communities, you've got a lot of pristine FICO scores. You've got a lot of collateral, um, it's, it's just very easy to formulaically dish out loans. Lower income communities, you've got a lot of really credit worthy people. It might be your local bakery or your elementary school teacher that's, you know, you, you know, is solid um, from a job security perspective. It takes more feet on the street to actually get to know these people to, um, you know, make those loans. And there are a lot of people um, who are actually doing this quite well. So credit unions serving low income communities, um, are all across the country um, and inclusive is a network of 351 of these um, and they can really help deploy capital more effectively. So, you know, as we were internally looking at this, um, we kind of put two and two together. Our board wants to us to keep a bunch of cash in reserve for a rainy day. Um, that's going to be kind of the last money, but the first money in last money out. Um, and I thought, Hey, I wonder maybe we could, do something more effective with this cash than putting it in our commercial bank. And so we started looking around at rates, right? Um, turns out you can actually get the same rates, sometimes even slightly better um, by investing in a local community credit union than you can at your bank. And so we got our board comfortable with this and hey, capital is now flowing into communities that need it. Um, I think there's kind of two approaches here companies can take. You can invest in your local community. That's great for, you know, uh, our employees love it. There is so much fire and passion when we announced this. Um, so that's awesome. And, you know, you can get volunteer opportunities in the community or the other approach you could take is you could um, ask inclusive to help you seek out the most needy communities in the country. Um, if you talk to inclusive, you know, they'll mention places like Northern New Mexico where um, there's a lot of reservations, not a lot of capital flowing in and a lot of people in need of, of loans. Right. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're still trying to sort that out. We know it's going to be a big part of what we do going forward. And if I set back, the reason we thought NerdWallet could maybe help here is, you know, what we're really good at is reaching a lot of people um, and helping them with smart money moves that they may just not know are an option, right? So there's a lot of corporate treasurers and CFOs out there who may not realize that this is a free lunch. Uh, same rates, same backed by the government and make an impact and employees will love it. So that's the message we're trying to spread here. Well, and it seems like a lot of folks that are kind of in dire straits and in need of cash, they typically typically kind of depend on these 
like uh, you know these places, day loans or you know these really short-term high interest uh, kind of things. How will this be able to kind of combat that? How do you and how do you make sure that the, the folks actually know that this is this kind of thing is going on? Because you, uh, I'm, I'm getting this right. I hope I'm getting this right. It looks like you guys committed to moving two million dollars into a self-help credit unit. I had never heard of that until I looked it up after you know getting this email from your folks. And it, it, that thing is, you know, that company it started in 2008, but it's actually a combination of, of credit unions that have been serving these local communities for decades at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, self-help is a, a great example of a community development credit union. Um, you know, we, we thought they were really attractive because they have a focus on the Oakland area. Um, they funded the first grocery store in West Oakland in 50 years, um, the community grocery. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's stories like that um, to be told at all these credit unions. Um, and yeah, it, it takes it takes legwork to go find them. Um, just by happenstance, I was on the um, Consumer Advisory Board at the Consumer Protection Financial Bureau with a senior person from Self Help, which is how we made the connection. But as we started digging in, um, you know, we found um, more institutions, one in Berkeley and one in San Francisco, um, that we thought we would try to support as well. Um, and, you know, I think the highest leverage point is actually, um, yeah, getting other other companies with a lot of cash involved as well. Um, I did see, you know, Netflix uh, did make an announcement that they were moving some uh, cash into, you know, a more targeted bank. Um, I think their, their positioning was uh, Black-owned banks. But, I mean, I think this is, you know, there's a lot of overlap in the Venn diagram in terms of being able to, you know, make a social impact with these deposits. Were you spurred on by some of the social unrest that took place uh, kind of at the beginning of the pandemic with the George Floyd situation, Ahmaud Arbery, lots of lots of frustration and lots of unrest. And it wasn't just the uh, kind of the social aspects. There are people that are really financially uh, distressed and that kind of adds to to the situation and, and creates a, a higher and a hotter kind of period of uh, what's going on over this past year. Did that have any kind of play in that? Truthfully, absolutely. I mean, you know, internally that there was so much dialogue um, among the employees and in terms of what we could do. And, you know, every town hall, um, there are questions about, like, why can't we take action faster? What can we do? Right. And so, you know, it's been a big amount of time since then. Uh, I wish we could have gotten this rolling sooner. Um, better late than never. Um, and, right. you know, I, I think, you know, companies just have so many different priorities. I think, um, it, what, what really happened for us internally was we started saying like, Hey, now's the time to focus on uh, a more organized corporate social responsibility program. There's never a great time. There's always competing priorities, but this is something that, um, a lot of employees care about. I think the paradigm of employer employee relationship is changing very rapidly. And, um, you know, that, that certainly <laughs> resonated over the last 12 months and, you know, it, it, it feels great and it's a free lunch. So it's something that, you know, just felt like something we had to do. You, you talk a lot about how your employees, you know, were saying, how come we, we can't uh, help make this move faster? But what about your, your customers and your community? Uh, how is the relationship between NerdWallet and not only your employees, but the community you serve? How has that changed? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, one of the one of the massive trends you're seeing, at least in the investment management space, just as an example, is a demand for uh, ESG oriented funds, right? Environmental, social impact, uh, governance, and wow, the fund flows into those particular asset classes is huge. But it's really it's not the fund managers driving this. It's really um, people putting their money where their mouth is. So you know, we we see. We help consumers with all sorts of different money questions. We've seen a huge uptake this year um, in people trying to figure out how to parse through these options and be more socially responsible with their investing, just as one example, right? Um, and I think on the yeah the depository side, I think um, we, we need to raise awareness. I mean, typically we just let people sort things by interest rates on deposits, right? Um, maybe there's other dimensions that people care a lot about that, that we should be making transparent as well. You, you say that you, you'd like to see other corporate entities kind of join in, in this kind of activity. Uh, have you seen that? Have you, have you had others come to you and say, hey, how do we get involved? Yeah, we're starting to see a trickle. Um, you know, this is, this is, we're about a week into this, <laughs> and we really hope that that trickle becomes a, a huge flow. Um, there's just, you know, I think I read that there's something like a trillion dollars in cash on the S&P 500 companies balance sheets, right? And a lot of it's sitting in, you know, the money center banks across the country. Um, you know, like you, like you can all day long, you can lend based on FICO score. But I think the really, um, I think the really impactful stuff is, um, you know, having those direct relationships with people going out on a bit of a limb with someone who, you know, is a great credit risk, but, you know, maybe ran into some issues. Um, I think those are the things that make a huge difference. Can you talk about how credit unions operate differently than like the traditional big banks and how kind of leveraging or putting money into them actually helps communities more than what goes on with these big banks? Because it seems like a lot of the smaller folks don't have the relationships with the big banks that you need in order to really you know get the best opportunity. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can speak generally, you know, credit unions are nonprofits. They're cooperatives between their members. Um, a lot of credit unions will return surplus profits back to all their members um, at the end of every period. Uh, what this does mean is that, you know, they, um, they're they not as efficiency oriented as uh, banks. So, you know, a bank may um, think about it very much in terms of just chasing high quality asset growth and seeking out um, very low cost sources of funding. And hey, if that's easier to do in New York City than in rural Arkansas, um, that's where I'm gonna direct my marketing team, right? Um, credit unions are very community oriented. Um, they have branches, they're serving specific communities. Um, the root of, uh, the origin story of credit unions really came around, you know, things like a bunch of steel workers got together and formed a credit union or a bunch of people in a local community got together and formed a credit union. And so, yeah, by virtue of that, they have much more um, feet on the street. Uh, they're integrated in the communities. The people who are working at these credit unions are often members of the community. Sometimes they do this um, with part of their time, not as their full-time job, right? And so, you know, over the past um, 10 or 20 years, a lot of them have struggled uh, as you know, big tech and big data and software infrastructure software has really driven efficiency at the big banks. Um, they've struggled to keep up, um, and you know, so I, I think there's a lot to be lost if we 
don't do a better job empowering them to to continue to do what they do. It, it just seems like uh, helping, uh, well, not helping the credit unions, but leveraging the credit unions who do have a much more empathetic relationship to community than big banks who are kind of driven by those numbers. That not only impacts the individuals that live in the community, but that impacts the overall. Do you do you see this helping, like getting money into the community, and then it kind of rifles around, you know, because dollars once they enter the community, maybe they have an opportunity to stay in the community and, and help, you know, kind of re lift every boat, so to speak. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The, there's a, definitely a recirculation effect um, within communities. I mean. If you fund a grocery store, you're hiring from the community, um, you're bringing hopefully lower pricing and better selection to the community as well. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's there's such a multiplicative effect. I think that's why capital flight is yeah such a such a big and problematic issue. And you know, I mean, the the nerdy optimizer in me also um, finds it pretty irritating. Credit unions often have better rates than your local bank. They're nonprofits, so they don't need to have, um, they, they, they have a bigger spread to work with on their, both, both on depository rates and lending rates, right? They, they earn the spread between the two. Um, so yeah, they're, they're just great places to look, even if you're just out for your wallet, <laughs> that's it, so. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. and then, so you're, you're committed, you know, dollars, and you're created to kind of helping uh, get the money in the right hands. Uh, what what kind of do you have an educational aspect of this? You know, letting folks know, hey, this is here. You know, this is how you can take advantage of it. Here's how it's different than trying to go to a big bank. It may be a little easier for you to, to get this. How, do, how does the educational piece work? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, we're a company known for our content. Hopefully people find the content um, digestible, empowering, easy to understand. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we have content about this across our site. I think the big issue that people face in our industry is that it's extremely expensive to get consumers attention. And so you see banks spending a huge piece of their annual budgets on marketing, uh, everything from Super Bowl ads to naming stadiums to things like that. Right. Um, and so, and yeah, NerdWallet is unique in that we have this um, base of call it 100 million plus uh, people coming straight to us every year uh, uh, seeking our help. And I think that's where we can um, uniquely help out. Um, so for example, if you're out there seeking a payday loan, um, you know, we've got a payday loan alternatives page, many options which consist of contacting your local credit union. And, you know, we put some of those options into the world. So there's things like that, that, you know, we can use our platform to really disseminate information that might help people save a buck or two. Nice. Now you just said it's only been in, in, announced at least uh, last week or so. Um, but let's look out a year from now. Uh, what does success look like for you from your perspective in this starting this program a year from now? Yeah, to me, I mean, it's such a win-win. I'd, I'd love, you know, most big companies out there to have one, two, 3% of their cash balance, um, supporting their local communities and earning an equal, if not better rate. I mean, it's just, it's just a win-win, right? So um, it's easy to try to sell something that you think is good for everyone involved. And I have a lot of passion around that. So I'll probably be harassing and annoying 
other CEOs I know <laughs> over the coming months um, to, to try to to try to spread the message. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I I think you need to harass away if I can help harass you <laughs> because it's it's like you said. I think it's a it's a win win. Um, the big picture. What does the big picture look like? Uh, let's say five years from now, when this has had a chance to reach as many people as it you know as it could in five years. What what do you hope is accomplished? Yeah, I I, I hope there's a, a vibrant reinvestment happening in local communities. I, you know, more broadly, I just the thing that keeps me going with with our mission is just it, it just irritates me when there's, you know, like like if you were to watch someone about to make a costly mistake, would you say something? Um, that's that's kind of like the feeling I have all the time when I'm trying to think about us helping consumers or small businesses. So for us, it's 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 more broad than um, you know putting your deposit somewhere impactful. There's a lot of different things that. I think people mis make mistakes on, uh, and so I I'd love to help people uh, broadly on that. And of course, a lot of the uh, people that get help from a like a personal consumer standpoint, those are the kind of folks that'll eventually, you know, once if they get their, an opportunity, they start businesses and they start employing people as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the pe the entrepreneurs are people who see problems locally, right? Like, you're you're never going to go start an HR software company unless you've dealt with HR software issues, right? You're never going to go start a grocery store in a neighborhood unless you know that neighborhood and uh, think there's an opportunity to really slide in there. So um, yeah, the, the entrepreneurs have to come from communities throughout the country. So enabling them is a pretty noble cause. And do you uh, see opportunities to potentially expand into, uh, you know, maybe not the, the exact same kind of um, setup here, but any kind of ways to to kind of leverage this and do something to kind of pivot on top of what you've already done? Yeah, I don't think there's much of a um, business opportunity there for us. Um, but, you know, I mean, we, we, we do, for example, help small businesses figure out, should I get an SBA loan? Should I do a, a merchant cash advance? Should I do a factoring or a receivables line? Um, so, you know, we, we, we help with that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is purely in the camp of corporate social responsibility for NerdWallet. Nice. So uh, where can people go to learn more about what you're doing in this area, but also just in general, NerdWallet? Because I was on your YouTube channel. You got some really good videos up there. As well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please email socialimpact at nerdwallet.com or capital at inclusive, I believe, org. Inclusive with a V, no V. Um, and yeah, we'll point you in the right direction. Um, yeah, that's, that's really it. I just want to say uh, this, I think what you're doing is great and it, it's, uh, sets a, a great example for what companies, maybe there are companies that are trying to figure out what to do. I, I hope that they, uh, see what you're doing and, and inquire how they can do something along those lines or help out. Uh, I, I get a chance to speak to a lot of companies and they're doing, you know, some of them are doing great things. And then there are others that are like, you know, I would, I really wish we, you know, we had a better handle on how we could really help our customers. And I think this this provides a really great example. So this is great, Tim. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And like I said, I still love th those commercials are funny. Do you have your hand in? <laughs> Do you have your hand in those commercials? <laughs> no, that's not my area of expertise. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, this has been great, and uh, I would love to uh, circle back around just to see how things are going with this, because uh, I, I just hope that. 
once again, you set the kind of this the example that other companies could come in and help because to me, it's, it's great. It's you get the money in the hands of people that can help that have the relationships with the local folks. It, it just seems so logical. But sometimes, you know, we're too busy looking past the logical to the things we think are really important and complex. Right. This is great. <laughs> So, Tim, thanks again, and thank you guys for joining me, and I'll be back later this week. I know I got uh, watching Amazon, and I think I got Serum players, and uh, you'll get tired of seeing me anyway, but I'll see you again. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for having me, Brent.